heart of our nation's capital. Here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for joining us here at uh, Washington Watch. I hope you had a great weekend. For some of you, you still may be on that weekend as it runs into July the 4th, so enjoy. Tomorrow, we're actually going to have a discussion about America's future, what we must do to strengthen and preserve the freedom that we'll be celebrating tomorrow. You know, there's no question as a nation we're in decline, but together we can change that. But that's tomorrow's conversation. Today, I want to share with you the recent town hall meeting that we held in Des Moines, Iowa. Following the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision one year ago, overturning Roe v. Wade, several prominent Republican lawmakers and leaders at the national level began backing away from the issue of protecting the unborn, saying it's an issue for the states, not the federal government. Well, as a result, many Republicans in the 2022 midterm election avoided talking about the sanctity of life. Same was not true for Democrats who were all too eager to talk about abortion and to mischaracterize the position of most Republicans. Now, those Republicans who did continue to champion the unborn, well, they won handedly in their reelections. Now, we certainly applaud and are actively supporting the efforts to protect the unborn in the states all across the nation. But we went to Des Moines, Iowa, to make very clear there remains a significant role at the federal level. As you'll hear from our panel of experts, South Carolina Senator Lindsey Graham, Marjorie Dannenfelser, president of Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, Myra Rodriguez, former Planned Parenthood clinic manager and whistleblower, and Bob Vanderplatz, president of the Family Leader. There is work to be done at every level of government as we move forward in this post-Roe world, and we're going to talk about it. But first, I want to mention, coming up this year, September the 15th through the 17th, is FRC's Pray Vote Stand Summit in Washington, D.C., At the summit, you'll hear from Christian leaders, government officials, issue experts, and more. In fact, we just announced that we're going to have former President Donald Trump, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, and others among the many speakers. So if you'd like to be a part of that, register now. Go to prayvotestand.org. That's prayvotestand.org. All right, to start off our panel discussion in Des Moines, I turned first to Senator Lindsey Graham who shared his desire to draw a line in the sand for the soul of America. Senator, we're going to jump right into this, and I'm going to put you first. Why are you here in Iowa? I love the ocean. (laughs) I got some bad information. Uh, Now I'm here because Iowa matters if you want to be the Republican nominee. The road to the nomination runs through Iowa. It's the first stop. And I'm here to tell my fellow Republicans, you should want to talk about abortion, not be afraid of it. Right? After the Dobbs decision, our Democratic uh, colleagues have introduced legislation in Washington that would create a national standard. It would overrule every state law, Tony. It would allow abortion on demand, taxpayer-funded, literally up to the moment of birth. Okay, if you're a Republican, you should be against that. If, if you're like 70% of the country, 80% of the country is against that. Why are we having a hard time talking about an issue where 80% of the people are against what they want to do? If you can't talk about this, you're not going to do well. Okay? 
Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, you've heard those phrases. It's pretty hard to pursue happiness if you're dead. So here's what I want to say to my Republican colleagues. I ran for President Tony. If you don't remember that, it's not your fault. I didn't do very well. (laughs) Somebody asked me what happened to you and Trump. I said, well, I said every bad thing about him I could. I got to know him. I come to like him, and he likes him, so we got that in common. (laughs) But you got some really qualified people on our side coming to Iowa. Check them out. And here's what I hope they'll say, that what the Democrats are proposing is barbaric. Like China and North Korea allow abortion on demand up to the moment of birth using government money. But 47 of 50 European nations limit abortion between 12 and 15 weeks. I never thought I'd say, look to see what France is doing. They're at 14. So my bill, Tony, will create a national minimum standard. You can do more. You can do six weeks. You can do whatever you want to do at the state level. But at 15 weeks, I want to draw a line for the soul of America. What good comes from aborting a child who sucks his thumb, can feel pain at 15 weeks in the birthing process. That is a reasonable position to take. And if you're running to be the standard bearer of the Republican Party, it should be easy for you to say the following. If you send me a bill outlawing abortion at 15 weeks where the baby can feel pain to operate on the child, you provide anesthesia because we know they feel pain, I will sign it. If that is hard, you're in the wrong business. That's why I'm here in Iowa. Just for the record, Senator, I I don't remember when you ran, but I remember your cell phone. Yes, my cell phone did better than I did, yes. If you want to get your cell phone blow up, blow blow it up, give Trump your number. (laughs) He'll tell everybody. So, Marjorie Dannenfelser, when... The senator says this is the defining ground for the Republican presidential candidates who will come to Iowa first. They will campaign. What do you what do they need to be saying and and who's saying it right right now? Well, first, we're looking for a presidential candidate that knows the country well enough to know where to find an ocean. That excludes me. Yeah, I don't think there's a competency test out there. But when it comes to life and death, and you have called yourself a pro-life public official, you don't get to the starting line after 50 years of blood, sweat, tears, prayers, 63 million children dying. You don't get to the starting line and say, I'm done. You say, this is my vision for the future. No more. No more death in this country because we just don't care to lift a finger to pass laws that save lives and serve women who deserve so much more than a cycle of poverty, a cycle of abusive relationships. They deserve so much more. What I'm afraid that we're seeing is a lot of fear at the starting line. And what we want to see is a race run well. Having, having worked out, having built your team, and running the race well to the end. And the end means every single child in this country is protected. That's the end of the race. 
So since Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America is the uh, election arm of the Pro-Life Amendment, we care so much about what happens in Iowa. You have so much power to influence the country in terms of saving the lives of children intended for this world for purposes only they can accomplish. So thank you for, for making it clear to each of these presidential candidates what you expect when they get here. Thank you, Marjorie. And, and by the way, folks, there, there are resources available for you to help you better understand the issue, to talk about these issues. Simply text the word LIFE, L-I-F-E, to 67742. That's 67742, the word LIFE. And you'll have a whole list of resources from the different organizations that are working on the LIFE issue. Myra, I want to go to you now. Um, you worked with Planned Parenthood. Uh, you are now an advocate for life. That's you... the part when you don't get to throw shoes at me. <laughs> what are you hearing as you travel, not just here in the United States, uh, but as you travel in Central and South America and other places, what are you hearing about the concern over life? People really don't want abortions. I mean, Senator said it, 80% are against it in most cases. Right? They think it's, some people think that it's the less evil because they don't want to see the kids on the street, right? And, and there's always comes down to a social justice issue, right? That it's not being addressed by the politicians we elected, right? So you go to Colombia and abortions are being pushed to nine months too. You go to Mexico and it's the same issue. When you talk to the people on the street, they don't want this. I got the fortune of touring Hawaii in February, and the people in Hawaii, a very liberal state, a very, how can I say, permissive towards abortion, like Hawaii, they don't want this. You know, most people don't even know that abortions are happening after 20 weeks, that are happening for any reason. There's no rape victim, there's no medical problem. Simply, I just don't want to have this baby now because there's a social issue involved or there's a reason why that woman feels that she needs to have that. But in reality, the majority of people, the citizens in the street, the normal working people, especially the Hispanic community, you know, we're very protective of our families. That's who we are. That's how we were raised. You know, we, we don't put our grandparents into hospice homes. We keep them with us, right? And we do the same thing with our children. So to come and tell the Latino community, you know, kill your children. It goes against everything we believe on. And, and you're, you're right. There's the educational issue here. And this goes back, Senator, to your point of you've got to talk about this because you, people don't know how extreme the Democratic Party is on this issue. And, and to that point, Bob, I want to ask you about this. What are Iowans expecting to hear? What do they want to hear when it comes to this issue of life. Well, Iowans are very wise. They're very savvy. They are not easily enamored. Matter of fact, I used to be a high school principal. As a high school principal, I would say, you can fool a fool and you can con a con, but you cannot kid a kid. Iowans are really good about authenticity. Do you believe what you say to be really real? And that's what we're looking at for the sanctity of human life. We want a champion for the sanctity of human life because they believe it. Not because of what the polls say. Instead of reacting to the polls, we want this person to shape the polls, to shape America's thinking on this. 
So one is we want to champion for the culture of life. You know, our enemies, as Senator Graham just talked about, you, you look at North Korea, you look at China, you know, they'll champion a culture of death. That's not America. We're all about a culture of life. All of us here from Iowa, we, we've seen it before, we've heard it before, where that kid is lost in the cornfield, right? And we will move heaven and earth, will we not? Neighbors stop everything, and they're in that cornfield to find that child. Why? Because we value a culture of life. So we want to champion for the culture of the sanctity of human life. And we want them to be clear on this issue, not nuanced on this issue. When they start talking about, well, they said this, and I don't know if we can do this, or let these guys do, that's a nuanced approach. But what you want to do is you also want to have a standard to bear say, I will be the champion as President of the United States to hold Governor Newsom in check, who wants to have abortions up till the time of birth, and he becomes an abortion destination. There's definitely a federal role that they need to play. So when they say the federal government has no role to play, as Marjorie said, this is the beginning of it. And guys, we're winning. And the reason we're winning, God creates it, nature reveals it, and good science will always back it up. And good science is on our side. This is Washington Watch. Today we're broadcasting special content from our recent Pray, Vote, Stand Town Hall for Life meeting that was held at Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. What you just heard were the initial remarks given by our esteemed panel of speakers. Now we've got a number of resources available for you to help promote life. Simply text LIFE to 67742. That's LIFE to 67742. All right, don't go away. We're coming back with more of this special town hall meeting right after this. Reading scripture consistently and in a meaningful way can sometimes prove to be difficult. Many don't know where to begin or struggle to understand how to apply the passages they read to daily life. Scripture is our daily spiritual bread. And just as we eat every day for the nourishment of our body, we ought to spend time with God in His Word for the nourishment of our mind and soul. Reading the Bible daily helps us to better understand and grow closer to the Father. It also prepares and equips us to do good work for God's kingdom. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. It's a two-year plan that will help you read Scripture daily so you can better know God's truth, walk through our culture from a biblical worldview, and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org slash Bible. We live in a culture that has lost sight of what is true. Many, including Christians, are searching for answers to life's most important questions. Research from George Barna shows just 9% of self-identified Christians demonstrate a biblical worldview by living out what God has revealed in Scripture. With this in mind, Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview has partnered with Summit Ministries to present Now We Live, a free six-episode video series designed to encourage worldview discussions central to the Christian faith. Each episode offers practical instruction led by well-known Christian voices like Tony Perkins, Jeff Myers, Kirk Cameron, Lee Strobel, and others. Now We Live is an excellent discipleship resource for churches, small groups, and families. Equip yourself and other Christians about what it means to have and live a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview.
Are you tired of worn-out talking points, misleading media bias, and hopeless commentary? The Washington Stand, Family Research Council's online daily news outlet, provides news and commentary on the most important issues of the day, all written from a biblical perspective. Get the facts with honest reporting so that you know how to stand firm in the face of today's biggest challenges. Stay informed, be encouraged, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com. Christians must be aware of the issues that threaten the culture and the church. To this end, Family Research Council's David Clawson, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book titled Male and Female He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage. This book was written to help Christians understand what Scripture teaches and how to address them biblically. Included in the study are complimentary videos that expound upon the themes of each chapter. Order your copy of this book at hecreatedthem.org. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, be sure, and check it out. All right, today we're broadcasting special content from our Pray Vote Stand Town Hall for Life meeting that was held in Des Moines, Iowa. Now, ahead of the, it was right before the one-year anniversary of the U.S. Supreme Court's decision on Dobbs. Now, that was the decision that overruled both Roe v. Wade from 1973 and the Planned Parenthood versus Casey in 1992, returning the life issue back to elected officials. Now, our esteemed group of panelists included Senator, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Matt Marjorie Dannenfelser, president of Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, Bob Vanderplatz, president of Iowa's Family Leader, and Myra Rodriguez, a former Planned Parenthood clinic director and whistleblower. Now, after highlighting how Democrats at the federal level want taxpayer-funded abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy, under any circumstance, Senator Graham made clear that the life issue is not one that should be left entirely to the states, as some Republicans have been saying. Here is what he shared. Folks, this is a human rights issue. It's not geography. If the pro-life movement is not about the baby, what good are we? It's always about the child. So to my colleagues who feel like the state should have the power to regulate this issue, I agree with you up to a point. And here's what the court said. Federalism, how many of you are a fan of federalism? I am. Federalism doesn't dictate barbaric outcomes. Kavanaugh, on the question of abortion... The Constitution is therefore neither pro-life nor pro-choice. The Constitution is neutral and leaves the issue for the people and their elected representatives to resolve through the democratic process in the states or Congress. Like the numerous other difficult questions of American social and economic policy that the Constitution does not address. To those who say the Constitution requires me to be quiet as a United States Senator and just suffer quietly as babies are aborted up to the moment of birth in parts of this country, no. The Constitution does not require that. Dobbs did not uh, make that the ruling. It's quite the opposite. Nobody took on Kavanaugh when he mentioned Congress. So this idea that the states are the only game in town is wrong. There is not a close for business sign out in front of the House and the Senate when it comes to the unborn. And when they come to Iowa, you need to let them know that. 
Marjorie, in fact, just today um, you have some new polling data on this. Not that we make our decisions by polling, but it shows us where the American people are. And we, we've heard repeatedly that in the midterm election, 2022 midterm election, that this was a liability for Republicans. Now, it was a liability because they didn't talk about it. But when you compare and contrast the positions that the senator just laid out, the one that the, the, when a baby feels pain, sucks its thumb, where Americans stand on whether or not that life should be protected, juxtaposed to where the Democratic Party has stated a position, abortion up until the moment of birth and beyond, where does the American people stand on that? Well, where they stand is uh, 59% um, of Americans think that the Congress should pass a law. 15 weeks or better for, for a minimum standard. And, uh, and 24% of the people think that there should be unlimited abortion up into the end, paid for by taxpayers. Now, any, I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist, but I can tell you, I've never run for office, but I can say that if I were looking at those numbers and I was thinking of running for office, I would completely embrace that 59%. I'd also embrace every single other poll out there that reflects the goodness and common sense of this country. 77%, 70 to 72, this is NPR. This is not, you know, not our side. NPR, Marist, uh, Harvard polls all say that they that the good good people of the United States support at least a 15-week limit. So if you're running, which I hear a lot of people are running for the president's presidency, <laughs> go ahead and capture that 72% and do not be afraid. Be not afraid in the, in the confrontation that you are going to have because you're going to win with a 72% issue versus a 10% issue. The only thing you must do is what you said, Bob, communicate with clarity what your position is with no nuance and then you are going to be golden. On, the, on that GOP stage or that debate stage, the clearest and the most ambitious and the most confident in this position should be the one that wins. But the one who won't say anything or said it's a federal issue only will not win, I believe, in Iowa or South Carolina. And it means they won't be the president of the United States. You know, Marjorie, that's well said. And I think, you know, what, what Senator Graham said about being a federal issue or a state issue, it's not federal or state. This is right or wrong. It's a right or wrong. That's why you don't have slavery in Iowa, but you don't have slavery in Missouri, right? It's a moral issue. It's right and wrong. And because this comes down to elections, uh, if you think about it, the reason the Democrats are doubling down, why Joe Biden, Joe Biden are doubling down, Schumer's doubling down, Newsom's doubling down, we're going to give abortion all the way up to the time of birth. They believe it's going to win an election. And the reason the other side's become a nuance of being concerned of it, they're thinking that's going to lose an election. But think if you had a champion for the sanctity of human life who said, I can't wait till America embraces all life till the time of conception to natural death and every day gets to be lived out as God ordained it to be. Think about if you had a candidate message that and capture the imagination of a great country that celebrates the sanctity of human life, and they win. Because when they win, you know what happens? All these other politicians who said they're pro-life at a chicken dinner now become pro-life. <laughs> because you know what? It wins. Because at the end of the day, isn't it right, Senator Graham? It's all about re-election. It's all about, can I have that office? What we want somebody to do is be motivated because it's embedded in their DNA, and I'm going to be a leader, and I'm going to lead this country to the sanctity of human life.
This is Washington Watch, and today we're broadcasting some of the highlights from our Prevote Stand Town Hall for Life meeting that was held at Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. You just heard from Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Marjorie Dannenfelser of Susan B. Anthony, Bob Vanderplatz of Iowa Family Leader. Now, to watch the entire event, simply go to prevotestand.org slash hall. Also, while you're at prevotestand.org, you can register for this year's Prevote Stand Summit, September the 15th through the 17th. You can find all that at prevotestand.org. And by the way, we do have a number of resources from all the organizations involved in this town hall meeting available for you to help you understand and talk about the life issue. Simply text LIFE to 67742. That's LIFE to 67742. All right, stick with us. We're coming back with more of this special town hall meeting right after this. Hi, I'm Joseph Backel, host of the Outstanding Podcast, inviting you to join me as we discuss the news of the day and the issues that shape us. Yes, I know there are a lot of podcasts, but there are not a lot of podcasts that help you think biblically about the world we live in. Christians are commanded to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. With that in mind, the Outstanding Podcast takes you behind the headlines to help you understand not only what happened, but why. So, if you're looking for something informative, casual, hopeful, and entertaining that will help you see what God is doing in the world and how to respond. The Outstanding Podcast is for you. We talk to people that you know and some that you don't know but probably should. And I promise that, like me, you'll learn something every time. So join us. Subscribe to The Outstanding Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or find it at WashingtonStand.com. It's not just another podcast. It's outstanding. I'll see you there. Now more than ever, Christians need to be prepared to articulate the truth of God's Word to our culture in an informed and loving manner. That is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview exists. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, and more, the experts at the center have provided resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview. To access the center's free resources, go to frc.org worldview. Scripture is our daily spiritual bread, and just as we eat every day for the nourishment of our body, we ought to spend time with God and His Word for the nourishment of our mind and soul. Reading the Bible daily helps us to better understand and grow closer to the Father. It also prepares and equips us to do good work for God's kingdom. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. Start reading today by visiting frc.org Bible. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Lots of resources there for you. And by the way, be sure and share Washington Watch with your friends. It's a way for them to know what's going on, hearing directly from newsmakers. Now, what we're doing today is we're sharing with you some special content from a recent town hall meeting for life that we did in Des Moines, Iowa. Now, this uh, one year... This one year before or after the Dobbs decision, we're just making it very, very clear that there remains a role for government at every level, federal, state, and even local. So here's more of that conversation that took place in Des Moines, Iowa. I introduced a bill, Tony, um, limiting abortion on demand at 20 weeks. I got 52 votes. Now, 
I took civics. Sometimes it doesn't show, but I did. <laughs> you got to get 60 votes to get the final passage in the Senate. People tell me, well, you don't have 60 votes. I said, you're right. One day I will. It took us 12 years to ban partial birth abortion. It took us 50 years to get the court in a position to overturn a constitutionally unsound concept called Roe v. Wade. Mm. I'm in it for the long haul, but here's what I would tell everybody in the pro-life movement. This is a defining moment in the movement. If you buy the idea that it is a state issue only, then it never really was about the child. Right. This is a moment of reflection. You can be a minority voice in California, but you can still be heard. The nominee of the Republican Party must, must be for the child, not about geography. So you can start the process in Iowa. Bob's got a big crowd. If you're coming to Iowa and campaigning for president in July, you will be asked, is there a federal role um, in protecting the unborn? I would say Dobbs clearly says there is. I would say common sense says there is. And I'm hoping that from tonight forward, people who want to be president that come through Iowa have certain expectations. If you're pro-life and you say you're pro-life, you must act consistently with that statement. That means you will support legislation protecting the unborn child. And all I'm asking you to do is put our country in line with 47 of 50 European nations. All I'm asking you to do is reject the barbarity of China and North Korea. To my Democratic friends, you have lost your way. Mm. Mm. Well done. Thank you, Senator. Bob, I just want to tag on to what we were discussing sure. here about the role of the church. One of the things that can be done, and as we realize in this post-Roe world, abortion has not been eliminated. It is simply now in the hands of the people and their elected representatives. We've got to keep doing what we've been doing for 50 years. We've got to continue to fund and expand the care pregnancy network all across this country, loving the women and their children. Adoption needs to be an aggressive undertaking by the church. And so there's a lot of work to be done. Policy is part of it, but walking alongside these women is, uh, is a key part of building this culture of life, continuing to build it. I, I've got to, yes. Yeah, I just, I want to add to that, because we, we have to say it, when you say 50 years of work, that sounds like I'm tired. <laughs> but there is no tired now. It is a time to yes. refresh, restore, dig deep, read again all those scriptures that were exciting to you in the very beginning. Remember the first day it dawned on you, oh, my gosh, that child is being ripped apart. And that child was sent to this world for a purpose unique to him. Just dig in. I say this to myself. I say this to everybody on the stage. We could get tired, but there is no tired because we have to not only this, do this ourselves, but we have to bring in more and more and more of this movement and the new generation and the old generation and all of us because this is the moment. This is the testing time that you said. This is the turning point where we either save lives or we let 63 million more die in the next 50 years. 
Okay, so I, I want to piggyback on that yeah. because it's no time to be tired. It is time to be inspired. Right. Do you realize that we are on the back end of 50 years of prayer? Right. Prayer warriors to overturn Roe v. Wade. And for some reason, God has given us a front row seat at this time to see Roe v. Wade overturned. For such a time as this, consider yourself Esther for a second. For such a time as this, let's stand in for the sanctity of human life and let's find a champion who believes that they believe that they believe and there'll be a champion for every life. You are watching a special edition of Washington Watch. This is um, highlights of our town hall meeting for life that we did recently in Des Moines, Iowa. Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina, Marjorie Dannenfelser of Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, and Bob Vanderplatz of Iowa's Family Leader, and Myra Rodriguez. They joined me for this Pray Vote Stand Town Hall meeting for life in Iowa. If you missed it, uh, you can actually go back and see all of it, not just the highlights, but you can watch all of it by going to prayvotestand.org slash town hall. And as I mentioned, September the 15th through the 17th, we will uh, be having our Pray Vote Stand Summit in Washington, D.C., and we'll be hearing from a number of our nation's leaders, including Many of those who are vying for the White House. We have President, uh, former President Donald Trump will be there. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced them last week, and there are more on the way. So be sure and uh, go ahead and register, prayvotestand.org. And uh, back on the life issue for just a moment, we have a list of available resources to help you better understand the issue of life, how to talk about the issue, know what's happening in your state. Simply text the word LIFE to 67742. That's the word LIFE to 67742. All right, stick with us. We're back after this. The persecution of Christians grows globally every year and continues to become more aggressive and dangerous. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares real and amazing stories from those who have faced religious persecution. Heroic Faith tells of the tragic circumstances Christians face due to opposition to their beliefs. The true stories in this book of faithfulness and devotion in the midst of trials and danger will provide encouragement and hope to all who read. Readers will also gather insights into the ideologies behind the aggression, what actions the U.S. government can take to help, and how they can aid these faithful believers. It's important for Christians to learn from their brothers and sisters who suffer persecution. Read the stories of these real heroes who have stood for their faith. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroicfaith. Are you tired of worn-out talking points, misleading media bias, and hopeless commentary? You need a news source you can trust. The Washington Stand Family Research Council's online news platform provides readers with free, reliable news and commentaries, all from a biblical perspective. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide the facts on the biggest stories of the day, ranging from updates on critical Supreme Court cases to coverage on the latest public education stories to the newest developments in domestic and international religious liberty issues. The Washington Stand covers all of this and more. If you want to stay up to date and informed on what's going on in the U.S. and around the world that impacts faith, 
family, and freedom, then check out The Washington Stand. Just go to WashingtonStand.com. Stay in the know, be encouraged, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. Now more than ever, Christians need to be prepared to articulate the truth of God's Word to our culture in an informed and loving manner. That is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview exists. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, sexuality, and more, the experts at the center have provided resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview, to understand why Scripture must be authoritative, and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. Access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series at frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including their latest blogs, op-eds, interviews, and more, sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldviews newsletter at frc.org slash subscriptions. You're listening to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, yes, it is. The website, TonyPerkins.com. I want to thank you for tuning in for this special program as we uh, kind of going back just a little over a week ago to our special town hall meeting in Des Moines, Iowa, town hall meeting for life. Now, let me encourage you to tune in tomorrow. We're going to be talking about how do we preserve freedom in America? And that's our conversation tomorrow. So for that July 4th Independence Day edition of Washington Watch. Be sure and tune in. All right, so we've been playing some highlights from the uh, Town Hall Meeting for Life. at uh, We held it at Experience Church in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, our panelists include Senator Lindsey Graham, Marjorie Dannenfelser of Susan B. Anthony, Bob Vanderplatz of Iowa's Family Leader, and Myra Rodriguez, former Planned Parenthood uh, director turned pro-life advocate. You can watch the entire event at prayvotestand.org slash townhall. All right, here is the remainder of our highlights. Myra, I want to go to a question that's come in for, for you. Having worked at uh, Planned Parenthood clinics, we're told uh, that 73% of the women who choose abortion do so for financial reasons. That's their motive. In your experience working at Planned Parenthood, is that true? No. No, actually, the majority of women electing abortion are because it's not convenient for them right now, whether it's whatever they're doing in their life. Uh, it is true that it has to do with the partner not being supportive. The majority of them, there's usually a partner that is not going to be there with them, and that one makes them decide for the abortion. But financial reasons, I wouldn't say that it's as high as 73%. No. No, especially, I mean, in our country, you know, coming from... I'm Mexican if my accent didn't give me away. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I thought yeah, you were no. from South Iowa. Well, because I became a citizen last month, and I'm now an Americana. Right. So, but, but coming from countries, you know, like Latin America, honestly, when you have seen poverty, really poverty, we are lucky in this country. This country is very, very lucky. We have done so much social justice for people, you know, that people really can have uh, 
food on their table. You know, they don't have to travel to another country and move there to work to be able to put a plate of food on their table. So really, do we come down to really that financial when the government is there to provide you with SNAP, with food stamps, with all that financial right. help if you decide to have your children? And that's part of what she was saying. There's so many resources there that we will guide them to find the financial resources. That, that brings up another question that uh, just came in. When you look at what Planned Parenthood did this last year, Senator, $670.4 million tax dollars went to Planned Parenthood, a record amount of money. They're sitting on $2.3 billion in assets, a lot of that coming out of your paychecks. Isn't there something that can be done, even including as we talk about the presidential stage, that some of these monies can go to these care pregnancy centers to help guide women to these resources and let them know they're not alone so that they will choose life? Yes, if you win. No, if you lose. Right. Okay? If you lose, you can't expect policies to be like you would want. you got to win. So here's what I hope to get out of this. Plant the flag at Iowa. If you want to be the nominee of the Republican Party, carry our banner. You've got to give a clear, concise, logical answer on the pro-life issue in Washington, D.C. And if you can't do that then maybe you shouldn't be in the race to begin with. Because when you come to South Carolina, we're going to ask you point blank, would you sign federal legislation protecting the unborn who can feel pain at 15 weeks, suck their thumb, and uh, I'm hoping everybody will say yes by then. But this is a defining moment in the Republican Party. Medicaid, there are a bunch of states cutting off money to abortion providers under the Medicaid program. It's going to the Supreme Court. I think we're going to win. Mm -hmm. The court is the most receptive to the pro-life movement I have seen. The public is more supportive than ever being against late-term abortion. What are we worried about? Right. Everything is falling in place except leadership. Mm. And, and Let it be said that Iowa insists on leadership. Tony, if I can follow up to that, and I want to give a challenge to Iowans, because uh, Senator Graham, you're, you're exactly right. That was exceptionally well said. But I don't think the Dobbs decision made the politician nervous. I think Kansas did. I think Kentucky did. I think Nebraska did. I think that's what made the politician nervous. And they started drawing, like, do I really believe what I believe? Because you know what? I may not win if I believe that. So now we're going to ask these people. And I told you, you know, we're welcoming them in Iowa. And as Marjorie already said, you know, Pence, Hutchison, um, Tim Scott, they're all really good. We're giving a lot of grace. Governor DeSantis signed a heartbeat bill. Okay. But they're still trying to find their sea legs. But we're going to help them find their sea legs to be a champion for the sanctity of human life. But then we as a pro-life community need to get behind them and help them win. Mobilize like never before to help them win. And that way our message to every mom is that little girl in your womb, she's a baby. And we'll do everything we can to help protect her. We're talking about what we want to see. Let's talk for a moment, uh, present company excluded, of those who are doing it well. 
those who are talking about the governors, the elected leaders at the federal level and at the state level that are talking about this and leading well. I mean, let's sometimes the power of an example is is extremely motivating. I don't think anybody did better than Senator Rubio in Florida. He did a beautiful job in debate against his opponent, Val Demings. He did he, he had the eloquence of Lindsey Graham and the passion of a, uh, a Cuban um, background. He was unafraid. He showed that contrast, um, and uh, and he won. She, they, you know, they thought he was going under. He won by large margins, mm. and they thought this was the issue that was going to take him down. Same for Kemp, the governor of, of uh, Georgia, signed a heartbeat bill. Very purple state, purplish trending state. These days, uh, he did a great job, unapologetic. He was in the game the whole time supporting that bill. So when it actually got to his desk, it wasn't like, yeah, I'll passively wait here for to, to sign it. He was in it. He was advocating for it. That's what we need in a national pro-life leader. We need a national pro-life champion that invites that bill to their desk. And I just want to add one thing. From Susan B. Anthony, pro-life America standpoint, any, any candidate who wants to qualify from our perspective of being a candidate has to at least be for the 15-week limit. Otherwise, we will not support you. And I don't know if you can win. You tell me, can you win uh, the presidency without the pro-life movement? Well, not only will you lose the people who make the phone calls and knock on the doors, you know, money takes you only so far. The best thing can happen to a politician is for somebody to get on the phone and advocate for you. That's better than any ad. You will break the hearts of everybody who's been with us for 50 years. You'll, you'll, you'll suck the life, no pun intended, out of the movement itself for no good reason. It's not like I'm asking you to jump in a bat of acid. I'm asking you to go where the biggest crowd is. For a politician, you know what I like? A bigger crowd's better than a smaller crowd. More votes are better than less votes. The abortion issue being handled by the Democratic Party is a political gift. Mm -hmm. They have taken the most extreme position you can imagine, and most of us are afraid to confront them with it because of what uh, Bob said. This is a winning issue politically. It is. It is the right thing to do. It puts you in line with the civilized world. For God's sakes, people, demand of those who want to lead a great party to be bold. So, Tony, I I get a chance to meet with all these presidential hopefuls. And one thing I tell them is that if you want to win Iowa, the Iowa caucuses, I would emulate Governor Reynolds. And the reason is because she is exceptionally popular. She's bold. She's courageous. And these guys will remember in 2018, she was running against a guy named Fred Hubble. Fred Hubble was the chair of the state Planned Parenthood. And in the third debate, when they asked Kim Reynolds, what's your line in the sand? She said the sanctity of human life. And she went from three points down to Fred Hubble to beating Fred Hubble by three points. Think of the difference our state would be under Hubble versus wow. Reynolds. Yeah. Stark, right? But not only did she sign the heartbeat bill, she has been a champion for the sanctity of human life at every turn. She's been ahead of us. She's been challenged our Supreme Court. 
If you want to emulate somebody to win Iowa, I'd say emulate Governor Kim Reynolds and embedded in her is being a champion for life. Well, I, I'm going to have to bring this in for a landing here. And I, I want to first do this. We have the results from our poll. Do you think Congress has a role in protecting the unborn? This may come as a surprise, but 96% of those participating tonight say absolutely Congress has a role. The 4% got on the website by mistake, yeah. I'm going to give each of you a, a moment to make a closing statement, and then I'm going to wrap us up here tonight. Senator? So thank you to the church. Uh, you're making history. This is the 21st of June, right? Mm-hmm. 2023. Let it be said that the price of admission to being competitive in Iowa was set tonight. Okay? And all we're asking of our standard barrier is to be unafraid, he or she, to look the camera in the eye and articulate a position that most people in the country believe is the right position. And if you're on stage with Joe Biden in a debate, first thing you need to say, hey, Joe, I'm over here. You've been asked three times, pal, is his favorite word. When would you limit abortion? You have to give an answer to the American people. Listen to what I'm telling you. I believe America is a great nation. And I, as your president, will make sure that any baby, no matter where you're conceived, who can suck their thumb and feel pain, will be protected by the laws of the United States. We will not be a barbaric nation. So I hope my husband is watching tonight because I'm going to say something I've never said before. I have nothing to add. (laughs) Well done. That was funny. Well, I told you I just became a citizen, so I will be voting pro-life 2024. We will stay on this fight until it becomes unthinkable. That's what we're all here for. So abortion is unthinkable. I'd like to use the balance of Marjorie's time. <laughs> no, I think, you know, Senator Grammy, right, and Maya and Marjorie as well. Just a blessing to be up here with you. Thanks to the church. Tony, thank you for putting this on as well. Uh, Iowans, uh, we, we have a real responsibility. We want to find a champion for the sanctity of human life. We want them to believe it and to be very clear on it and to point out where the other side is. And why the federal government has a role in this, all the way to where one day we celebrate every life, every life. And will it win? Mike Huckabee says yes. Rick Santorum says yes. Ted Cruz says yes. You're a champion for the sanctity of human life. It will win in the great state of Iowa. Thank you, Bob, Myra, Marjorie. Senator Graham, thank you all for being here tonight. Pastor thank, you, Cole, thank you for hosting us tonight. And I want to thank all of you for joining us. And I want to leave you with this thought as it's been touched upon tonight that, yes, this is an issue that we wrestle with in the public arena. But more importantly, we wrestle with this issue in the heavenlies. This is a spiritual issue that is defining of this nation. You know, Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 He says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
And so we, we have to be equipped with that understanding that our strength may not be in necessarily in the voting booth. That is an out. That, that is how we work out our strength. Our strength is in the heavens and it's in our relationship with the Lord. But we need to realize that this is a spiritual battle, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age. And I will say this without hesitancy, abortion comes from the pit of hell. And we must stand against the darkness in this hour. And I thank you for being here tonight. I thank Bob for leading the Iowans to take a stand for life. And I pray that you will put your thumbprint on America going forward by shaping the views of our candidates. This has been a special edition of Washington Watch as we've Shared with you the highlights of a recent town hall meeting for life that we held in Des Moines, Iowa at Experience Church. And, you know, we were in a church because these are not political issues. These are spiritual issues. And we need the churches to speak out on these. And um, encouraged by the pastors I see all across this country that understand that and are speaking out about these important issues that are defining of our day. Well, speaking of issues, if you'd like to be a part of the Pray Vote Stand Summit, September the 15th through the 17th, you can find out more about that by going to prayvotestand.org and registering. Also, one more time, resources available for you to help you understand and talk about the life issue and know where your state stands on the issue. Text the word LIFE to 67742. All right, until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 